0: We are so glad that you are here this morning. Uh, years ago, I, I used to uh, work with the preacher. I was the youth minister, and uh, when he would preach, he would often come before the church, and he um, was pretty adamant about naming the names of other churches and um, sort of being cr- critical of denominations that he saw around him. And I remember finally getting my courage up one Sunday or one week, and I I said to him, I said, brother, I said, why do you name these names? Even if you're right, why do you name these names? And and I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, buddy, what I believe is that if I make them mad enough, they will either disprove me or they'll prove me right. And, And I said to him, I said, brother, I said, that's just not the, wor- the way the world works. More than likely, what they're going to do is you're going to make them mad, and they're never going to come back, right? Now, this morning, I'm, I'm desperate, okay? And so this morning, I'm going to try that method. I'm going to try to make you mad for a moment, okay? Because we've been talking a long time. Wes mentioned earlier this morning about us being a family and how we build that kind of community, And yet, what I see us battling is I see us battling the temptation that we're going to become just a Sunday morning only church. I mean, you walk in here this morning. This is an amazing atmosphere, and God's doing powerful things. But the truth is, logically, biblically, it's not enough. It's not enough for you to be who you need to be in Jesus Christ. And we're in a dilemma. I know I am in a moral dilemma that says, this is good but it's not what I believe in what I believe in is a church being a family and being a community and if I can just be blunt for a few moments and maybe even make you mad many of you are just not committed to the right things you're committed to your sports you're committed to surfing the internet you're committed to your TV shows my goodness you're committed to lots of things you do what you want to do I do too But when it comes to the kingdom of God, we're not that committed. Some of you are so uncommitted that you get up for work every morning, get your children to school, and you're at work at 8 o'clock, but you couldn't be here this morning by 9.45 for Bible class. That's a sign from God, guys. (laughs) All right? Some of us are, are, are afraid of spiritual growth. We're just floating around, going through the motions, enjoying things, but we're not really growing in the Lord the way we ought to. We're not hungering for it. Some of us are afraid of being open in relationships. I I don't want to go to a group where i got to talk about what's going on in my life. I'd rather keep it private and superficial. And that's okay, but the problem with that is you'll never become who you ought to be. Spiritual growth happens in the context of biblical relationships where we sharpen one another. And I know some of you say to me, well, buddy, I, I, had a, I had a bad experience, you know. I joined a life group these years ago and it wasn't too good and people didn't show up. And Let me, let me say this, guys. If you're in a family, if you ever had any bad experiences in your family, you stop showing up for family reunions because one year it wasn't so good or the food didn't taste so hot, my friends, we know better than that. And guys, many of us are having bad experiences, let me say, just straightforward as I can. You're having a bad experience because you're not committed. You don't show up week after week. You can't build community when you see each other once a month. Many of you are having bad experiences because as a leader, you're not leading with a sense of commitment and a sense of purpose. You're just going through the motions. The truth is, many of us have become lazy spiritually. Now, I don't really need to be mad at you. I might sound that way. And the truth is, as hard as I've tried, you don't need to be mad at me. Because that's not what's really going on here. Let me show you a passage that will tell us what's really going on. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. My struggle is not against you and whether you show up or not. Your struggle is not against me and whether I've offended you or not. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, Against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Because our battle is with a force that's manipulating all of us to be where we ought not to be. And and then the problem is, we stay blinded with what's really going on, so I continue to live with misplaced priorities. I continue to live with, with flimsy excuses. I continue to live putting other things above God's kingdom. Man, I'm involved in all kinds of organizations and places, and I'll show up for them, but you give me the the smallest excuse, and I'm not going to be there when God's people meet. So this morning, I want us to start talking about that spiritual warfare that's behind all of this. I want to make three simple points this morning. First of all, this war is fought in the invisible realms. It's in the invisible realms. Here's what makes this warfare so difficult against the prince of darkness. Is that we don't see it. And it's hard to fight an enemy you don't see. Our countries found this out with ISIS. We're used to battling nations with, with borders and armies that are, that are lined up. We're not used to battling a group that will you know, send a, a bomb in the middle of an outdoor shopping mall in Germany or a, a murder in the middle of a nightclub in Orlando. How do you stop that? It's without borders that, that seems to be invisible to us. And guys, when we're fighting Satan, here's the issue is, so often I am blinded to what's going on. I think the problem's you, and I get mad at you. Or you think the problem's me, and you get mad at me. Where the truth is, the problem is Satan and his angelic and demonic forces. I mean, the Bible's full of it, if we read closely. In the Old Testament, there's this crazy story about Daniel. Daniel prays, and and, and he, he doesn't get an answer. And three weeks later, there's an angel that comes to him in a vision. And the angel says to Daniel, You prayed, but the demonic prince of the kingdom in Persia has interrupted your prayer. And not until the archangel Michael intercedes with his power does the prayer get answered. And that's wild to me that something's happening in the heavenly realms in this battle. We get to the New Testament. Paul says this really wonderful church is divided because they are ignorant of Satan's schemes. They don't see them. Peter says, whether you see it or not, you are fighting a roaring lion. John says, the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. My friends, listen to me. The invisible world that I'm talking to you about is every bit as real as the physical world that you can touch right now. Now listen closely to this line, this important line today. Invisible does not mean fictional. You see, what we've been taught is that... that we discover things simply through the five senses. And if I don't discover it through the five senses, it doesn't really exist. We discount the supernatural and the miraculous. You guys, we're, we're, we're worst about this in Western culture, where we believe that intellectually or psychologically or you name the way, we can solve every problem. The great lie of the 21st century was that if we learned enough, we could solve crime, drugs, poverty, you name it. The truth is, we had more knowledge than we ever had, and it was the worst century in the history of mankind. It it happened, because we're not seeing there's more to it than that. You go to some other cultures, like in eastern cultures and. African cultures where the spiritual realm is talked about and known about you talk to Andy Johnson you talk to our missionaries They've had experiences you and I haven't had Because they believe it's really going on Satan's not going to pull his cards in front of us. He is Perfectly happy with you and I just staying blinded to the whole thing How can I best explain it to you? Let me show this gross picture here. This is bacteria. All right, You see, the problem with bacteria is that we can't see it. And just because something, a countertop may appear to be clean, doesn't mean it's clean. If you're dealing with raw chicken, and some of it gets on the counter, you may never see it. You might even just wipe it with a towel and water, but it can take more chemicals than that. And here's what's going to happen, you know, at... At minimum, you're gonna you're gonna get sick. You know, you're gonna at, at, at maximum you could get a deadly disease from that raw chicken. And, and so what we've got to do is we've got to expose the bacteria. We've got to see those invisible forces spiritually that are killing us. Now, second, this war is manifest in the physical world. It's happening. In the spiritual world, it's manifest in the physical world. Listen to this quotation from Tony Evans. Spiritual warfare is the cosmic conflict waged in the invisible spiritual realm, but simultaneously fleshed out in the visible physical realm. You see, guys, so often we see something bad going on in our life, and we simply try to deal with the symptoms what we are seeing is just the effects. We're not seeing the root cause, which is in the spiritual realm that we don't see. For instance, is this person who in their life has struggled with depression. It's very easy for me to only deal with it medically, to go, okay, I got a chemical imbalance. I believe those things. Or maybe psychologically, if I just get the right counseling, I believe in that too. But if that's my only track against it, I've probably left out the biggest source of my depression is that there are forces in heaven that know how to manipulate things and manipulate even my mind to a point of discouragement and despair. And they're working. And unless I address it spiritually, I won't get to the root of it. Many of us struggle in relationships. Sometimes we've been a part of churches where we, we get mad at each other and we start fighting with each other. Often we make our brother or sister the enemy where the truth is, Satan knows well how to manipulate us. Some of us in our marriages, oh, we, get, we get in these battles. And my spouse becomes the enemy. Listen to me your spouse is not your enemy. Look to your spouse right now and say, Honey, you're not my enemy. Honey, you're not my enemy. Now let's be real truthful. Honey, you're not my enemy, but sometimes it feels that way. <laughs> I mean, we all know that, don't we? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell, tell you what I know this morning as well as I'm breathing. When I start preaching this way and I get confrontational and the church starts moving the way the church is moving right now and all these people are being saved and all these people are coming to us, I'm telling you what always happens. Satan always knows to attack my marriage. I can almost guarantee you Stephanie and I are getting in a fight today. I can just go ahead and tell you that, all right? (laughs) I mean, it can happen. And we laugh about that, but I'm telling you, I've never seen the kingdom boom where Satan didn't come in my life and make it more important often what I do to my work than my family or make us get at each other's nerves. It'll happen. It'll happen among your friendships. I, I got a group of friends and we get together quite often and we have a really good time. And the other day, we had a, another guy come in that's not a part of this group. And, and he was nice, and he just interacted with us. And then after he left, I was talking to him on the phone. He said, buddy, I really enjoyed that group. Those are some really great people. And then he pointed out one person in the group. He said, I really like this guy. In fact, he's different than anybody else in your group. He adds something. Well, he, made it, he meant it as a complete compliment. Well, I went back to that friend and I said to him, I said, man, I said, the guy that was with us the other day, he was talking to me about you and he said, you were different than anybody else in the group. And in fact, you added something nobody else added. I just left it. I thought, I've complimented him. About two weeks later, here's what's happened. He believes he's different than anybody in the group. That he really doesn't fit in. So Satan is able to manipulate a compliment into a criticism. And I guarantee you, in your life, there are some physical manifestations. I'm telling you, in this church, is it any wonder that so many of our elders are right now under physical attack than what God is doing what he's doing? Is it any wonder many of you out there are struggling with addictions and you think the issue is the alcohol or the drugs or the pornography or the gambling, my friends, those are not the real issues. They are the symptoms of the issue. The issue is Satan knew how to put the alcoholic in front of the person that wanted to share the beer with him. Satan knew how to, how to make that pornography flip up on your computer when you weren't even looking at it. He's that good. And here's the problem. It's so often I mistake the enemy. The enemy is not my spouse. It's not my coworker. It's not my child. It's not my critic. It's not the president. It's not my neighbor. It's not even me. The enemy's up there. So the third point. This war is won in spiritual realms. It's one in spiritual realms. If the root is in heavenly spiritual realms... It's not going to be one in the physical. We're not going to fix it in the physical realm. We're not just going to intellectually think our way out of it. And that could help. We're not just going to, drug-wise, take a pill to get out, and that might help. We're, we're not just going to physically be able to come up with a, a solution because that's not where the war's really going on. It's like a policeman watching his TV... And he sees the crime scene, and he pulls his gun out and shoots the TV. Now, he might feel better for a moment to recognize he just destroyed his TV, but he didn't get to the crime scene. He didn't solve the crime. And many of us, guys, we are shooting at the wrong source, where the source is spiritual. Now, as we study together, we're going to be looking a lot at Ephesians chapter 6 in a few weeks. We'll get there. And that's where we're given this armament of God. But before he ever gets to chapter 6, I noticed something over the last couple I've never noticed before. Paul starts addressing it back in chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4. And he begins to set up where the battle is and what's going on up there. Look with me real quickly as we thumb through the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. He starts the book by saying this. Show that on the slide if you would. Ephesians 1, 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the, say it with me, heavenly Heavenly realms. With every spiritual blessing in Christ, you're going to see that term repeated over and over, heavenly realms. And first of all, he says, guys, you've got to know this. In the heavenly realms, you've got everything God wants for you. Guys, it's not that we are underpowered. It's not that we're equipped for the victory. It's that we're blinded to it often. And then later in chapter One Verse 19, he tells us who's up there in those heavenly realms. This power is the same as the mighty strength. Keep going. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the what? Heavenly realms. Guess who else is up there? Jesus is. We got every spiritual blessing. We got Jesus. Let's go to the next slide. Ephesians chapter two. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the what? Heavenly realms. So we got every spiritual blessing, we've got Jesus, and we're, we're there. Guys, spiritually, you live in two places at the same time. You live on earth, in the physical, and you live in the spiritual realm. Now look at the next verse. He says, His intent was now that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realm. I believe this is referring to the good angels in heaven. So we got, we've got spiritual blessings, we've got Jesus, we've got us, we've got the good angels, and now let's look at the frightening verse. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. What he mentioned, those authorities, those powers of the dark world, those spiritual forces of evil, where are they in what? Heavenly realms. So you got Jesus, us, spiritual blessings, good angels, bad angels, demons. They're all existing in the spiritual realm. And there's a battle. There's a fight in that place. And my friends, here's the truth. Unless we address this spiritually, we're not going to be victorious. I don't know how it's manifested in your life right now physically. But you won't be victorious unless we go to war up here with spiritual armaments. Now there was, a, there was an article in the paper that shocked me yesterday. and I couldn't believe, well I could believe it because God gives you these kind of things. But I was reading the paper yesterday and there was back in the back, there was this headline. Spiritual therapy studied as a treatment for PTSD. This is, this is a, a study from the military about post-traumatic stress syndrome. And and what they said is, what they're using is not enough. Let Let me just tell you, patients are often treated with medication, which can help reduce nightmares and flashbacks, and with psychotherapy to address the trauma. But many, many, many of these patients do not respond to either approach. Because these approaches, this is quote in the military, not the Bible, these approaches do not address the spiritual None of this addresses moral injury or inner conflict. These battles cannot simply be won and addressed by therapy and medication. Wow! They see it. What we've got to do is we've got to address this thing spiritually. And the reason, my friend, that you may be struggling in your marriage or with your children or in your job or with your your mental state or your addiction is that you've addressed it in every way except the one way that's going to really be able to give you victory. So let's just review the three points we've made. This war is fought in invisible realms. This war manifests itself in the physical world, you could tell your own story. And this war is won with spiritual weapons. Now, let me give a warning and a desire here. First of all, the danger. The danger as we talk about demonic, satanic forces is that we can, give, we can make way too little of it, or on the other hand, we can make too much of it. And if I had to guess where I am and where many of us are, is we're on this side over here. We're making too little of it. I just don't recognize that. I don't see it, so I don't think about it. I live in a culture that's very visible, very tactile, and those are the things I experience. And so, next week we're going to talk about Satan. You're going to be blown away by the statistic of how many evangelical Christians actually believe he exists. See, many of us are unaware about the demons and the angels and Satan, and, and so we, we just make way too little of it. And because of that, we are so vulnerable to his attacks because we don't even recognize them as his attacks. And then there is a possibility we can make way too much of it to the point that we think there's a demon around every corner, and every time you get a sniffle, uh, it's an attack from Satan. And, 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 and there are people who live in absolute fear Because of the material I'm going to share with you the next weeks, and I'm going to tell you, it'll shake us up. So here's our goal. Here's our desire over the next weeks. Is that we want to take the invisible and make it visible. Making us both alert and confident. That's what we want to be. We've got to become alert when the attack comes. We don't mislabel it where it comes from. We've got to be alert to what's going on around us. But on the other hand, if we really see the heavenly realms, we're going to find this out, that God is much more powerful than Satan. Say amen. Amen. And that if we will tap into the spiritual resources that he can give us, then, my friends, we can be victorious. So, bottom line this morning, we as a church meet here to declare that this means war. Many of us are pretending to live on a playground when we actually live in a battleground. We play church. We play life. We're in trivial pursuit most of the time about things that really don't matter. And we think it's a playground. And the truth is, there's a target on your back and my back. And Satan is being successful in destroying you. He'll be successful in destroying your children. He'll be successful in destroying your grandchildren. We had a great weekend together. All my family's in town. That hardly ever happens anymore. And it was just wonderful. And we spent some time last night just praying a little bit. And after we got through sort of praying for each family unit, um, my son-in-law, Ben, spoke up. He said, before we break up, could can we just pray for these children that are running around here? And I thought, man, you are so right. And I'm getting out of this place soon. But they're left in a world that's a mess. And my friends, listen to me. What's going on in your life, the the, the example you're setting for your children and your grandchildren, of whether you're engaged in this spiritual warfare or not, is either going to destroy you and them or not. And and what we've got to do is we've got to become alert. And let me just say this up front. If if we even have to make each other mad to get each other's attention, let's do it. If I'm about to walk onto a landmine in battle, and and the only way to stop me is for you to tackle me and hurt me, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm going to thank you. If I'm in an outdoor shopping mall over here and around the corner you see a truck coming full of bombs and you, you scream across the street at me, run, get out of here, buddy. I don't care if you cussed at me, I'd be okay. If, 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 if you saw my child or my grandchild being recruited to be a part of a terrorist organization, and you had to come shake me by the shoulders and say, Buddy, look what's going on with your kids, man. You're not paying attention to what's happening with them. You're not paying attention to your, your, your children, man. I mean, they're hearing all these messages from the media, and you don't even have them in Sunday school? What in the world are you thinking? Make me mad. Because I'm in a war, and I'm blind. And spiritually, my friends... Many of us need to be shook up. We need each other. You need to be around some other Christians that know what's going on in your life, that are praying for you, that you're going to war. I'm not talking about just going and going through some motions. I'm talking about battling for each other. I'm talking about leading a small group where you're not just trying to get it as quick as you can. You're wanting to battle Satan. We need each other. So if we got to shake each other up, so be it. Because if you can convince me, and I can convince you to see the spiritual heavenly realm, victory is guaranteed. It's guaranteed. But the first thing we've got to do is we've got to wake up. And so in just a moment, we're about to fill this front row, I hope. Because, um, guys, we'll find out in a few weeks, the greatest way that we tap into the spiritual realm is prayer. And in just a few moments, if you're losing this battle, if you've been blinded, if you've been getting mad at me or somebody else when you shouldn't, then then you need to show up up here and let us pray for you. And we're going to sing this awesome new song the praise team is introducing us to. that. I think this sums up the day. The God of angel armies is always by my side. Oh, yeah, there are demonic and satanic forces, but there are more powerful forces made of God and his angels and the Holy Spirit that are beside you and that are in you. And what you and I need to do this morning is claim the victory. And so if you need us to pray for you before you walk out of this place, let's do some spiritual battle on our knees. Come right now while we all stand and sing.